Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn Deloria, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. I don't know why I like saying that, but I do. I guess because that's the URL I own. It's actually Who Can It Be Now podcast. Anyway, we have another incredible interview for you. But before we go into that, I want to share a couple of lessons that I've recently learned this weekend that I think will really benefit you. I hope that it'll benefit you. Before we go into that, remember to rate, subscribe, share with everyone you come across. Just share this podcast with every single person you know so I can get my ratings up. Yay. Anyway, I'm a little tired. I've been in a virtual retreat all weekend, and uh, I'm actually recording this on Saturday afternoon in my meditation exercise room, guest room, slash, slash, slash. I have a Peloton in here, a big, comfortable bed, and um, it's now become my little meditation room, which I love. So I was just channeling right before I recorded this. And I figured, let me record because there's a couple of things I want to share. And uh, and then that's it. So here I am with my guides, hanging with all of you and talking with all of you. I do hope that you've been enjoying the podcast. Do email us and let us know things that you want to learn. Uh, somebody had asked me about deja vu. I'm going to touch on that next week. I can't wait to talk about that topic. And uh, any questions you have, just email us at info at whocanitbenowpodcast.com. And if for some reason you don't feel our emails are getting through, your emails getting through, you can also email at care, C-A-R-E, at marilynaloria.com. Okay, so um, I wanted to share some some lessons that I've recently gone through. And I'm just hoping that this, whatever I share, my story really, really speaks to you. One of the things that I feel like I've really stepped into in the past year is not apologizing for myself any longer, really standing in the power of who I am, my voice, my emotions, who I am, and really being who I am and loving who I am. And I feel like I've really been on this journey of falling deep, more deeply in love with myself. Now, whenever we make a decision to do that, right, the universe likes to send us a few challenges down the pipe to say, hey, so how serious are you about this? Do you really love yourself? Do you really stand in the power of not apologizing who you are for who you are? And I'm like, oh, yeah, here it is. So I'm sure many of you have had that experience where you're like, that's it. You know, my feelings count they're number one. And then all of a sudden somebody disregards your feelings and you're smack dab in the lesson again. And you're like, holy shit, what do I do? And that's a great moment where we get to gather ourselves and not fall apart and really um, decide like how we're going to handle things. So I had a couple of things happen to me recently that really kind of could have been extremely triggering effects for me. And in in a couple of moments, I was triggered, but I was able to step aside from the trigger and observe my behavior. Some of it was through the help of a friend and some of it was just through my own consciousness and awareness and observing my own behavior. One of the things and I recently uh, posted about this on my personal Facebook page was somebody tagged me in a post about their opinions on the vaccine. Now, I don't discuss these things in my um, forums because I believe that everybody has a right to an opinion. And unless we can have a very respectful conversation, I don't want to have the conversation. So it's got to be respecting of all views and everybody brings it to the table. I love, love, love when you can have really great conversations with people and learn why they have the belief system they do and why they maybe their life experiences have brought them to that place. And I don't really like coming from a place of you're wrong, you're right, um, even if it's wrong or right for me. Like I definitely will stand in the power of what I believe. But I don't necessarily want to sit there and point a finger and go, you're wrong. I've learned that a long time ago, that just because the person believes something and I think it's wrong, even if I feel like they're hurting another person, 
it's not for me to sit here in judgment and go, you're wrong. It's just for me to remain in the, in what I believe and in my self-respect. So there's a lot I could be saying about that because actually I'll tell that story. And I think I've told it before, but I was working in this company and this woman was super mean to me, the assistant, really nasty. And I have this gift and I have this ability of seeing what the person's doing, even though they're saccharine sweet to everyone else. And I was working with a spiritual advisor at the time and she, and I kept telling her the things she was doing. I was like, she's just horrible and she's mean and she's, what she's doing isn't right. And the spiritual advisor, um, Shamin, she was wonderful said, you know, it's not your business whether she's right or wrong. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was so pissed off at Shaman every time she'd say that to me. And she really got me to understand that this girl, what she was doing, it it what it wasn't for me to sit here going it was right or it was wrong or what she was doing or teaching her a lesson or trying to show her what she was doing was wrong. That was a lot of wasted energy. And when I was able to separate like from what the girl was doing and my feelings, I was able to meet, like get this incredible amount of self-respect for myself. And I was able to say to myself, wait a second, what she's doing is her way of doing things. It's none of my business, but it's not okay for me. End of story. And as soon as I got that clarity, I went in and I quit the job. And uh, I was still working for the person on her personal stuff, but I wasn't doing her. I used to be a bookkeeper on her personal books. And uh, I... Um, was working for a couple of months and then the, the bookkeeper, the new bookkeeper, who also threw me under the bus a little bit um, or tried to. But I was like, see ya, have fun. I'm not playing this game. You can all play in this playground. I don't need part to be part of this playground. Um, she called me and the girl was doing it to her then. And uh, she's like, you know, it's happening to me now and blah, 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 blah. And we're firing her. And it was a moment that I have to say I did sit back and go, ha, 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 ha told you so. But um, so I did really have that kind of a moment. I am human. But it was such a great moment for me because I learned how to stand in the power of what I believe to be true for myself. And I really learned to separate and not make it about the other person, not try to correct her behavior or tell her what she was doing was wrong or teach her a lesson. It wasn't for me to do. So it was such a great lesson. So recently I've been really owning who I am and how I present myself and also, you know, really owning my feelings because in my family, my feelings didn't count. At least that's my perspective. That's how I feel. That has been my experience or my voice didn't count. I stopped speaking when I was like 13 and at the dinner table because it was like, I was just told I was stupid or whatever it was. So, um, I've, I've been owning my feelings, you know, I, and, I, and I've been, most people would tell you I'm a fairly, uh, confident person or secure person. They would say, but I'm human, right? And I've got my stuff and things can throw me and thing and stuff like that. So it's a work in progress. So somebody tagged me about this, thing, some random person. I don't even know who it is. I don't usually accept friend requests from people I don't know, but because sometimes there's big business acquaintances, I'll accept a friend request if there's a lot of business acquaintance attached to that person. So she tags me in a post like with uh, like 95 other people. I can't stand people who do that. It pisses me off to know like it, it just pisses me off so much. And I was furious about it. And I, you know, untagged myself, unfriended her. And uh, I wrote a long post about it on my personal page. And I was like, look, don't tag me. Don't shove your opinions down my throat. If you can't have a uh, a normal conversation about a topic, a heated topic, then we're not discussing it. 
if, if I can't learn from you and you learn from me and we can agree to disagree, then there's no reason to have the conversation. So I wrote a whole post about uh, a little bit more than that, you know, just about how we need to respect each other's opinions. And the post did not invite an opinion about something, but it did invite an opinion about have you ever been like had somebody shove their opinions down your throat and how does it make you feel and how do you handle it? So that was one of the things that happened. And then something else that happened that it's happened to me a couple of times where someone accuses me of something that I didn't do or that I have a belief or that I have a feeling towards someone. So it could be um, trying to say this in a way that I don't really want to open up the whole can of worms because a lot of people listen to my podcast and I don't want to reveal the whole thing. But it's um, just being accused of holding a certain type of bias. And I, I don't even have the words. Like I couldn't even get the words out right now because it pisses me off to so much when somebody tells me that I have an opinion or a feeling about something without really asking me or getting to know me. Like, do not label me with your projection. So that happened too. And it's happened before. And it reminds me a little bit, you know, a lot of these lessons for any of us who's gone through like difficult childhoods, which a lot of us have, a lot of these lessons are reminiscent of when we were kids, right? But there's such an opportunity to stand in the power of our voice and the power of who we are. And for me personally, I'm a very emotional speaker. So if I'm in um, a group of people, groups are very triggering. That's why I run incredible groups, because I find that a lot of people don't know how to run groups where people feel really safe to be vulnerable, to have their voice, to be seen, to be heard, to be a leader in themselves. Like I'm all for in my groups, um, I'm all for you're an expert in your field, you know, let's celebrate you where you need, you need to feel safe coming here and being vulnerable. Like it's really important to me. No ego here, you know, and ego, I'm not against ego because sometimes ego is just something we need in the moment in order to push through. There's so much more I could say about that. Maybe we'll talk about ego one day and, and how to make friends with the part of our egos. And so many people are afraid of it and all of that. But so I'm a big, um, that's something that's really important to me because a lot of people don't like group energy and I'm one of those people. I don't really love group energy. I can read the group. I can be uncomfortable in the group. I can hide in the group. I can then get really loud in the group to be seen like all this stuff like wants to come to the surface. And um, so I'm a very emotional speaker and not many people can handle that, you know, and I get it. I understand it, but it's just who I am. I'm not, I'm not, you know, the only time I'm like mellow is when I'm channeling. That's the only time you'll hear my voice kind of get really kind of calm. But normally, for the most part, maybe readings a bit sometimes. Um, but normally in my personal life, my voice is very filled with emotional life. So this situation happened and I was like, oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. You don't get to project that crap on me. And I quickly spoke up. And I probably spoke up in a way that. Um, next time I think I'd like to have a little more finesse with it. Um, but I was triggered. I was pissed and I wasn't going to accept it. And you've, you ever noticed when those things happen, it's a domino effect from the last time you didn't say something and you wish you did. <laughs> so that poor person is like getting the, the, the tons, the barrage of everything. So, um, but I spoke up and I said my piece and, and, and was a little pissed off. 
and then eventually it took a little bit like I had to let it go, you know, and just, you know, accept the person for who they are and whatever it is. And it's really not about me. So I kind of like removed myself from that situation, talked to a friend and then got into meditation. And it's like, wait, this isn't about you. So why are you taking this on? You know, you said what you had to say. It's done. It's over. Let it go. And that's the power of your guides. Like, that's how quickly my guides can get me centered, balanced and back inside myself. And it's why I'm such a big believer in you communicating with your guides and getting in touch with your guides and why I feel it's important. So I share all of this with you because I want I'm very much like um, a coach, a teacher, a believer of people really standing in the power of who they are and not apologizing for who they are, not being mean to other people. Like I said, my triggering wasn't really the best, like my response wasn't the best, but if I feel like I am, um, if I feel like, like, so another thing that happened, I was on a call and um, my friend, I'm not going to say her name, but she jumped in on my time in the meeting in the mastermind. And I sharply said to her, "Uh, uh-uh, it's my time. You can't talk. And I didn't apologize to her. I didn't say anything to her because she knows me really well. And I was like, oh, she gets it. I don't have to apologize about this. But we spoke like day later. And I said, by the way, I'm sorry about that. Um, I did that because a lot of times in when we're in the mastermind breakout rooms and we're like masterminding and brainstorming, I tend to not say a word. I tend to take care of everybody else. And then time is up and I don't get my time. So I kind of jumped down your throat and that was where it came from. And she was like, don't worry about it. That's what I love about you. You're so direct and you, and like, I get it. But you know, if, if we didn't have that relationship and I reacted that way to someone, I would probably nine times out of 10 apologize to the person and be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I usually do it in the moment. I'll do it right after. I'll be like, that was totally me. I'm so sorry. So what I'm trying to say to you is accept yourself for who you are, stand in the power of who you are. It's not about bulldozing other people. It's not about not respecting other people for who they are and what they are. But it is about a self-respect for yourself. It's about really maintaining your self-respect. I remember a therapist teaching me that and really being able to stand in your own voice. I think that's super important. Like we're getting ready to do a whole membership um, week thing where you get to experience the the greatness of membership through a, a video series we have and uh, it's called the voice of your soul. And it's because your guides help you to get into the, your voice, your authentic, honest, true voice. So I share this with all of you because you're going to listen to Lori's interview today. And Lori was somebody who coached me for quite, for quite a while there. And I didn't even remember all the things she taught me. We just had her in a membership and I interviewed her. And as I was interviewing her, I was like, oh my goodness, she's the one who taught me A, B, and C. When I was doing all those readings and and I had moments in my readings where people were like going after me, you know, and saying mean stuff and, you know, after the fact or whatever. And, and I really like kind of lost my footing for a second. She was actually in a moment in my life where I was kind of finding a new grounding, a new foundation. And she was so beneficial to me and so helpful. And I really feel like you're going to benefit from this interview because we talk about we talk about um source being your source and. Just so many great things come out of this conversation that if you're growing a business or you're in a spiritual business, or even if you're not, I think there'll be a lot that gets shared in this interview with you that'll help you most importantly 
to really own your own heart and soul and to live from there. One of the best things I heard um, somebody say a while ago, and it, it was the kid who played in the movie Hurricane with Denzel Washington, and Oprah was interviewing him, and uh, he said, Denzel Washington, can I say Denzel? Am I allowed to call him on a first name basis? Denzel Washington said to me, um, it's, be it's between God and you. That's it. Because he was like a new kid to acting. It was a big movie. And Denzel Washington said to him, it's between God and you. That's the most important thing. It's just between you and God. And whether you believe in God or not, I, I don't care what people believe in. Again, there's the, you know, you have to find what's right for you. But that struck me. And I was doing not too long after that, I was doing a play with really catty women. I don't have patience for women that are mean to each other. And um, through the whole experience of the play, when they were like getting on me about something I was doing, I was doing a monologue and I, I'm not going to get into the whole story, but I kept saying to myself, it's between God and me. It's between God and me. And it really got me very, very focused. And all that noise, all that distraction, all that opinions about me not doing it right or not being good enough or, or you, you, you can't do this, you can't do that, just fell away and dissolved. And it was just between God and me. And then I was able to receive whatever I needed to receive in the moment um, and then also was able to respond from a really authentic place and a really good place. And what I find, too, with that is things don't feel like life and death. Like, I remember in that play, I had to do a, a very difficult monologue of a woman who was violated. And in at that point in my acting career, I was taught that you couldn't do a monologue to a blank space. So I had this incredible teacher, um, Suzanne Shepard, but she had a very specific way. You had to do it to a person. So I had to pick. So I would make somebody in the audience be my person and it would and we'd pick them ahead of time. But it made the person really uncomfortable because I was talking to them as my um the person who violated, whatever, like it was very uncomfortable. And everybody in the play was like, especially the, the writers, like, you can't do that. You got to stop that. You're da 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 da. And um, I remember just standing in the power because it was how I was taught at the time. And it was a really moving monologue. And I just remember being like, well, it's something I have to do. And um, I got through it and it was okay and everything was okay. But the other thing that happened too is I was talking to a manager at the time who wanted to sign me. And she came to, we did the play for three nights and she came on the second night and I friggin' bombed. Like I was horrible. And she left right after I didn't hang out to talk to me. And then I talked to her, I think the next day. And she's like, you know, it's why I don't like going to these showcases because the person you're going to sign is so much worse than everybody else in the play. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I knew I bombed. You have those moments on stage. They stink. And, um, but I was able to remind myself it's between God and me and not take that stuff like to, to heart. And I ended up not signing with her for many reasons. And it was the right choice because she was still going to sign with me even after that moment. But it was like other things she said, other things she did. And I was able to make like, you realize that person's not your source, you know, it's between source and you. It's between whatever you universe and you, whatever that strong thing is. And all these other moments fall away. And you realize this is not a life or death moment. This is a moment where I get to decide and carve out what's best for me. 
So I didn't know I was going to go maybe because I'm in like a little bit of a meditation space. I was going to go all of that. But I, I really trust and hope that this was helpful. And I think that you're really going to enjoy this interview with Lori. And um, I will see you next week. Thank you so much. And uh, you'll probably hear a little bit of music and we'll go right into the interview. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. I am super excited to introduce you to Lori Bertazon. So before I tell you about her, um, so Lori, the way that this goes, I'm going to tell them about you. Okay. And then we're going to go into it. And then if there's any questions, we'll take some questions. I see a few of our attendees on here and uh, I know that more people will be joining on Facebook. So I met Lori, I think like, do you want to say like 10 years ago or eight yeah. years ago? Has it been? Yeah, I, I think it's been that long. Yeah. So she was recommended to me by a friend of mine when I was looking to do some work, you know, I needed a healer or a therapist or something. She's like, you got to go to Lori Bertazon. She's amazing. And I was like, okay. And I called Lori and I gave her a hard time on the phone. And <laughs> my favorite conversation ever, <laughs> the only person who ever like was hitting me up for my credentials. I was like, wow, nobody's ever asked me that before. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> So I went to, I was like, I, she was on my mind and for like two months or so, I, um, I didn't, I don't remember how long time passed, but I went to bed one night and it was between three people. And I said to God, you know, you have to tell me who to work with. You have to tell me I need help. And it was clear as day during my sleep was like Lori Bird is on. So I called her and we started working together and it was some of the, the best work I've ever done with someone. It was really, truly phenomenal. Thank it you. was really great. And it was during the time where um, I just bought a house. There was a lot going on. And Lori was, mm-hmm. is, the way Lori works is so incredible that you're going to see. We're going to talk about it. But she's very, I've never seen anybody work like her, where she's so um, great at listening, knows intuitively what questions to ask. She's got a little wrist that does something bold. I was going to wonder if you were going to bring that up. <laughs> so her body is pendulum, so she's able to check in and... Uh, it just really was, I don't think I would have made it through that time of my life had I not worked with her. And then through her, I mm-hmm. met Dana, who they all know, Dana Middleton. Yeah, yeah, very good friend of mine. Yeah, and uh, Lori brought her into our goddess circle and everything. So I'm going to tell you about Lori's bio, and then we're going to just dive into it because we are we are old friends. So yeah. Lori is a life coach, and she's been in private practice since uh, January 2010. Her coaching is based, you really can't define her coaching. No, you really can't. (laughs) But I recommend it highly. If anybody's looking for a coach, I really, it really was life-changing for me. Her coaching is based on over two decades of personal growth experience and study, which has culminated in a style of coaching clients that is intuitive, practical, compassionate, and effective. And I agree with that. The other thing about Lori too, is she's no judgment which is really great because I was going through some stuff, man, and I was getting involved Mm. in some stuff and there was no judgment from her at all. People work with Lori who are looking to transition or transform some area or all of their life. They want to end a relationship, start a new one, to connect with who they really are, what they really want, or to just get unstuck. And they want to know how to live that life. It's not enough to just do the spiritual work, which I agree. Lori's work is about how to take the awareness gained from doing the work and transform your life with them. Forgot you did this. She has this living room series is a workshop Lori developed focusing on how to gain clarity on the limiting beliefs and patterns that can cause a feeling of being stuck and how to change them. 
this workbook is really good. She has this workbook called Where Are You Stuck? And it's a 21-day writing exploration. It's a self-learning tool with the same goal as a private session. And it helps people find and rewrite the beliefs that they are subconsciously, that are subconsciously affecting their life experience and causing conflict, having what they want. Welcome, Lori. Thank Do you, you. Have that? you still sell it? Oh, guys. So I really, how, how could they get this workbook? So it's funny though, because, um, uh, I was looking it up recently. It's basically available on Amazon. They do. It's a basically print on demand thing. Cause I created the workbook for the workshops initially, which was, um, a way of introducing people to my work, um, that was, um, practical and a tool that they could kind of take away and continue to work on. But anyway, it was, it's on Amazon. Uh, I recently looked at it and somebody, I guess sellers can do this now. I'm a little behind the times. They can, somebody was trying to sell it for $80. And I oh, was no. like, <laughs> I was like, um, somebody's going to feel really pissed off when they open and see there's more blank space than there is words in there and that they paid $80 for it. So uh, I think it should, I think it's the price point is something like between 15 and, and 18 or something like that. So please don't buy it if it's that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> not gold. The gold that's in there is not in the book. It's it's in what it will get you to to create. But yeah. Yeah. Well let's talk a little bit about that. Like because Lori has this special gift with words. So talk a little bit about words and because sure. that workbook is really in, actually I'm gonna find it on Amazon while you're doing that just so I can share the link. Yeah, sure. So um so uh, t- there are two two kind of top elements of the way that I work, but I'll, but to start with the words. So um, there's a lot of conversation that we have around identifying limiting beliefs and patterns, but really how to do that? Like how do you how do you bring consciousness to that discovery? And one of the things that the workbook does is it it elicits the answers, your answers. Mm-hmm by examining words. So I'll give you an example. So in the workbook, it starts by asking you um, to think of it kind of like a free writing example. So you're going to, um, you're going to do a list, uh, a free writing on where are you stuck? Turn the page. What do you want? Turn the page. What's in your way? You're going to go back in and, and in the course of like, 60 seconds, you're going to circle every word that pops out to you. So this is you speaking to you. This is your intuition directing you to what is catching your attention. Then you're going to put those words on scraps of paper into a jar. And over the course of 21 days or 30 days or whatever you want to do, the book is 21. You're you're going to pull a word out to examine it. And by examine, I mean, some people will look up the word in the dictionary. So Let's use the word, I don't know, uncertainty, right? We're all kind of living there right now. Not everybody actually has the same experience, definition of uncertainty, right? So what you're going to write each day is a short blurb, 15, 40 minutes, whatever you, whatever you can handle and examine the word. What does uncertainty mean to me? I can tell you what it means, what it has meant to me in my life. My life has been like most people filled with uncertainty, but how have I responded to it? What are my circumstances with that? And in that examination, that free flowing examination, you're going to start identifying limiting beliefs and patterns. I believe uncertainty is, is not supposed to happen. I believe uncertainty is scary. I believe it's always, there's always something attached to it that's wrong. So from that place, then you can 
extract that out. You can choose to examine where it came from if you would like to, but the core of the exercise is then to turn that awareness into a positive affirmation or statement or a promise to yourself, however you work. And then to use that as, as a personalized in, you know, affirmation, because the core of the workbook, the core of what I want people to understand is, is that they know what they need to know for themselves. And what we're trying to develop is the, the tools to facilitate us accessing it and using it. Yeah, I love that because, um, and, and I don't want to get off topic from a lot that Lori has to share with all of you guys, but this is a really great tool because we're always talking about how our guides tell us our words are diluted because we all have our own definition, our own experiences of things and them diving deeper into what the words mean for them. It's going to help them have a better, a clearer and stronger communication with their guides and with themselves, which I think is great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause if you, you know, the, the trouble is, is we think we know what we mean. When I, I say the word burden, obligation, or responsibility. We all, but, but obligation or responsibility is going to mean something very different to somebody who hasn't had to be responsible for someone else yeah. versus someone who's solely responsible for other people as one example. So n- knowing consciously what that means to you will then support you when you need it in your life. You'll recognize it quicker. You'll recognize that that's something that needs more attention or less attention. Um, I find it so, and I, I'm, I'm going to do this with you right now. So my mother's calling. Oh, so no. no. <laughs> I am a big person of who calls when you're talking about what? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Right? So when you're dealing with something and you get a phone call, you don't have to pick it up, but take a look and see who's calling um, because it may. I'm, I'm naming off things that are related to my mother right now. So yeah. there she is calling. Right. So, um, I just, that to me is an example of having a conversation with your life, mm-hmm. right? Life is, life is saying, by the way, you know, all that stuff you just brought up, you know, that's what you're going through right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. And I'm acknowledging, I'm acknowledging the call. Love that. I love that tool. So I want to get more into the conversation with your life. And before we do that, let's talk a bit about 2020 and how it was such a shift for so many of us and how, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how much time do you have, Marilyn? You all want to stay on my note? I we know. Can do it. We, can knock, we can knock it out. We can knock it out. And, and Lori and I, we get together, we talk about things, but let's talk about that and your work with how we need to converse with our life differently now because of 2020. So talk a little bit about your experience with 2020 and how it shifted relationships for everyone. And then let's get into the next part of that conversation. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Well, not, you know, not unlike the world. um, I think uncertainty was probably the key word that is most referenced to not only the year, but also what's coming. It's interesting because none of it is actually a surprise, right? Like viruses are not new. People losing their jobs aren't new. Heightened politics is not new, but the amplification was so intense, obviously because of the reality of the scale of everything. 
everybody kind of anything that was happening to you just got exa- exacerbated, right, and blown out. So um, for for myself personally, things that I had been dealing with for five years really intensely amplified. Mm. So um, uh, one one particular area of life right now is family. So um, uh, my family has been very um, dispersed, right? Not very, uh, not very, we're not in the same location, most of us. Um, most of my family doesn't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so here you have this thing where you have like the example I give is, is like my, my, my immediate family is very kind of, um, we don't communicate very well. I'll just say that. So um, by everything getting heightened and with the virus, we all had to talk mm-hmm. and, and pretty intimately, pretty quickly. And that, that, that emotion that has been tried to be kept at bay was all kind of flooding in. Mm. And, um, and so uh, my, uh, one of my parents has a health issue and the health issue requires my support and that health issue escalated severely. And so um, I was, uh, we were brought together in a way that was very difficult. And so, what I didn't realize at the time that I had learned was, is that I had a core issue and this is going to sound a little strange, but the core issue was primal fear. Oh no. Yeah. And, but you don't really know it until you let yourself feel it. Cause you spend yeah. most of your life covering the triggers of safety issues, primal fears, the, 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 the not knowing what to do situations. So, um, and, and I'll kind of weave in having a conversation with your life with this, because how I identified it was years back, I have a thing about roaches. Oh, me too. Right. Can't do it. It's what just, about like, you? Go ahead. Yeah, it just, it just, right. Okay. So, but what I didn't know at the time was life was having a conversation with me. It was giving me a very gentle message you have some unresolved fear issues coming up that are around safety that you, you need to take a look at. So, so I didn't, I didn't listen or I did, you know, I was learning and listening and going. And then the next one was, um, I had bats in my apartment. I had a bats, bats, B-A-T bats. bats. I had, we had bats for three nights one flew over my head in the middle of the night. I thought it was a bird. Oh no. And the, the trauma that it was triggering yeah. was reminding me I have more that I have to deal with. And then I had raccoons using our backyard as a toilet, which raccoon poop is toxic. Oh, right. Yeah. Once again, this my overreaction, my husband very gently said that the neighbors and him are concerned about me because my, I'm out there in like full COVID gear, cleaning, cleaning this, this, this backyard area that we discovered. But the, the conversation my life was having with me was, is there is a reason I need you, Lori, to look at this primal fear around not feeling safe in your life because more is coming. And then 
I have a parent who has an issue um, that uh, triggers primal fear because it requires my full responsibility and lack of safety. But had I not continued to address and meet how life was choosing to show me what was happening, those were actually all soft ways of doing it. You know, in hindsight, it doesn't look like it. Yeah, yeah. But they were actually very soft ways of getting my attention because I knew I wanted to deal with it, right? We're asking the universe all the time, you know, I, you know, how do, how do I get to what I want? And, yeah. you know, show me the way. And I, I want to be connected to my feelings and I want these things. And the life is saying, do you? Because some of them are a little harder and are going to, in order for you to get over here, I need you to look at this thing. And you don't want to look at this thing. I know you don't want to look at this thing. But if you look at it consciously, directly, compassionately, and lovingly with me, I'll help you in this bigger one because on the other side of this bigger one is actually kind of what you want, right? You want real connection. You want a real relationship. You want real trust and love and family. So if you're going to, if you're going to go there, you got to kind of get through this other stuff. And, um, I, I give you my toughest example, right? There, life doesn't have to be like that for everybody. That's just my, my most, uh, my loudest example of the year. And the other side is pretty powerful. The other side is actually trusting that I know I can show up to my life. I have resilience. I, I trust myself. I have connection with family. I, I haven't, and they're coming to the plate. They're supporting me and my parent in a way that they would, they, they weren't talking for 10 years and yeah. now they're participating and contributing financially and wanting to know what happened. And that's a direct result of me. That's not a, yeah. that was hard work, but I wanted it. I needed it. Um, so that would be kind of my biggest example. So when the thing is, first of all, I didn't know raccoon poop was toxic. I it's toxic. It. So just be careful. Don't touch it with your hands and then touch your face. I want to know what happens when the dog, if the dogs eat it, I'm going to have to look it up. Well, we don't need to get into that. Yeah. See, there you go. I just, I just woke up your fear. You just You're woke welcome. up my You're welcome. fear. You're <laughs> so while that was happening, were you conscious enough to know that there was like, were you asking yourself, like, why is this happening right yeah, now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a big why person. Not why as in, I don't believe in why as in punishing. I'm not right, talking about why as in I need a lesson. I don't, I don't need that. But I'm, but I enjoy my life, my conversation with my life. I, I see my experience of life as a dialogue, as a relationship. And if I'm going to trust it, I need to communicate with it. So yeah, I, through that, I was using all of my tools, whether that was, um, you know, muscle testing myself, getting in touch with my intuition, um, using conscious reasoning. Okay. You know, literally sitting in my bedroom and going, okay, Lori, you're obviously having a huge reaction to this. Totally understandable. Let's say the bats, right? Totally understandable. Anybody I tell freaks out, but 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 what what is it reflecting right now in my life that I'm having a real to reflect to me is the unsafety I feel in uncertainty. Yeah. 
that I won't be okay, that I need to control this situation. I need to get the bats out. I need to bleach the walls. I need to, you know, plug up every hole. And because I've developed that relationship with myself, I am aware of that feeling, that feeling that's, that's, that needs a little examination Mm -hmm. that needs me to kind of go in and do a little journaling, talk to a friend that I trust that knows me. Um, what do bats mean to me? Disgusting, uh, scary, uh, blood sucking illness, you know, COVID that it wasn't here yet. That was a big one. A year later, I was like, Oh, (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but what it teaches me and builds within me is a resilience to say, I can do this. Yeah. I know how to do this. I have tools to move through this. And if I do it consciously, consistently, and then move on, go live, right? Go do your job, go do your thing. Um, I now have a, a much different barometer for those things in my life now. I am, I am, now I'm in tune with my uncertainty as opposed to having to be shown it in these, in these artificial ways. Now I, now I have a relationship with uncertainty. I know how it feels. I know what I need as it's, as it's happening. So when you ask for something big in your life, is there a thought in your head? Like, okay, so what is this going to invite in? Is this the the conversation that you're having with your life? Is that that is an everyday thing now, isn't it? So it's it's yeah. I've it's it's like a relationship with a friend. I might not talk to them every second of every day, but I'm aware when something. I'm I'm now attuned to the um, feeling of when oh I should probably take a look at that. Yeah, you know I should probably. Hmm, that's come up a couple of times, or I, I noticed a friend, you know, I've noticed the word, like, you know, I think Marilyn, something you've done, you know, you notice something is said three times to you and you're like, okay, I probably should take a look at that. Something's coming up around that positive and negative, which, you know, for me, I prefer to take out both. So if we take out the judgment around what a word means, or if I take out the judgment of what it means to me that I'm, that I have this fear of uncertainty or bats doesn't matter if I, it's good or bad. If I just take that out and can assess it, then I'm, I'm quicker to develop that muscle of that conversation. So I don't have to wait for things to get backed up and problematic. I'm sooner to address it. So I'll give you a, an example. Um, I know you love tennis. So I will say um, uh, if, if, um, if a tennis ball represents what I want, any scale, right, big or small, and I put that ball out in front and I hold it away from my body, right? And I'm holding this tennis ball and a tennis ball represents, this is what I want or need in my life. Everything between here and the ball is the journey yeah. of attaining it. And what comes up along that way is life, right? It's the obstacle. It's the doubt. So it's limiting beliefs and thoughts. It's the going for the job you wanted that was going to give you what you want that didn't come through. It was um, failing the test the first time. It was, so you're going along this 
path, bringing this ball closer and closer to you as you're cleaning the pathway to it. And along the way, you're developing a stronger readiness for it. I'll give you another example. I had a client once, wanted a relationship right now, wanted a meaningful long-term partner and wanted it right now. And we were sitting in a room and we had been through this many times. And I said, okay, do this for me now. I want you to get into a state of relaxation and meditation. And then I want you to imagine that person across the table from you right now. She was like, not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. (laughs) You're right. No, I'm not ready. So there is a reason. Uh, And, and, and I, I want to be careful with that word to say reason, but to say, we're getting you, you're, you're getting there. You're, you know, and, and I can, I can happily say she's, you know, married, met, met the guy in the funniest, weirdest way, you know, and, and, and that, and that happened for her, but there were other things she had to address first to be available for the kind of relationship she wanted to really have. Totally true. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's, it's, I think we're starting to talk. I, I, I say something similar in the SAS experience. So I get what you're saying. And to me, they're character building moments. People think they'd be ready if Oprah invited them to super soul Sunday, but if they're really not ready, they may sabotage it. They may say something stupid or feel like they said, you know, whatever. So I yeah. agree with the readiness stuff. And I, I feel like what you're explaining to the good and the bad, I explain it as a synchronicity with the universe. You're explaining it as a conversation with the universe, which right. I love. same thing. Yeah. You, you, I think a lot of the stuff that you talk about is very similar. The, the soul alignment. Yeah. Um, that's all about really connecting with intuitively building that relationship, uh, would say for you with your guides. And then, and then also, uh, is that me? Did you lose me? I don't know if it's you or me because I have bad internet. So guys, can you tell me if okay. it's me or Lori, if you're able to hear Lori when she's talking, if there's, it's yeah, going let to me know. know, but go ahead, Lori, finish what you were saying. Cause I have another question. Oh, I was just going to say, I think I, I absolutely agree with you that it is that, that it's the, it's the same thing, but let's talk about your tools because that's what was life changing for me. And it's the way you approach it and the way you teach it, which is very unique. And I've never okay. seen it happening before. So So I want you to explain a little bit of the tools and the techniques that you use, because the way Lori approaches this, I think is a very, which was what I love about Lori is um, she knows how to take a spiritual life and have a practical existence. I can't stand the spiritual people that don't teach how to live in this third dimensional world. Mm. Like they're all woo woo and out there and they're not living. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit first. Talk about the how you use your body as a pendulum in intuition, sure. your own things. Let's go a little bit into your tools that you're very good at. Sure, sure, sure. So, um, so the the two things that I think are are really important are um, uh, developing one's own intuition and also learning to have a conscious uh, conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, what that meant for me was is is I had uh, such a lack of confidence growing up and had so many limiting beliefs and self-doubt that I had to work on developing intuition as a muscle because I didn't really trust my intuition. I didn't have a relationship with it. So I, um, 
uh, started looking into kind of self-help and new age. And I, and I found my way to learning how to do, um, use a pendulum. So I, I bring that up as an interesting tool because what the pendulum did, just as one example, there are many other ways to do this, is it taught me how to, um, by externally seeing the yes and the no, it started me on a journey of, of listening to myself, right? Mm-hmm. What was I testing? Why was I testing it? And then going out and having an experience around it, having to come back and assess again. Mm-hmm. So this, this constant conversation was building and developing it to then where, where one, like I can now even test when I know I'm bullshitting myself. Like I, you know, I, 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 (laughs) you know, you have to know how to catch yourself and eventually that muscle will get so good that you'll be like, no, I know I'm saying this, but I think I need to dig a little bit more. I need a little bit more information and I'll come back to it. So, um, eventually on a very strange, on a very strange moment, uh, as I was doing the pendulum, I noticed that my right hand started moving. Oh, is it yeah. trying to catch up? Stop Let's your see. video a second. See if that works. Sure. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Okay, there. Go ahead. Go. Okay. So, um, uh, so, so what happened was as I was using the pendulum, my wrist actually started moving left and right on yes and no at the same time I was using the pendulum and, and that then evolved to where I was actually holding that intuition, that message within myself. So I was able to stop using the pendulum. What I then, uh, I had uh, Dana Middleton, whom I think a lot of you might already know. She and I actually um, were on that journey together. And um, so in our daily conversations, we were able to test one another. And I think through osmosis, what wound up happening is, is that um, uh, I developed, and, and, I, and Dana did as well, is an ability to test other people with it the people with us. So I'm kind of like read when Marilyn and I are, I'm working with a client. I was kind of using them. I became kind of a bit of a divining rod, I guess you would say kind of like I would be able to pick up on her energy. If she was holding something that was counter to what she was saying, not because she didn't mean it, not because she didn't believe it, but there was more to be had behind it. Just a little digging needed to ensue. So that then what that does is, that that instigates a practical conversation for you to start addressing the limiting beliefs. So if somebody says, am I lined up for, you know, getting this job, you know, I would muscle test at that time and say, well, either it was a fear, a block, limiting belief, um, uh, or just low vibrating energy. And then once we identify that, we would move through it. But it's very important that you hear this part. Um, it was not about me being right. It was not about me telling another person their truth. This was me using a session to support them. My intention was, is to support them in developing that for themselves. So the exchange was actually demonstrating a conversation that they would then have with themselves. I have to say, I did eventually phase out muscle testing because I found it also created dependency in some situations. And so I did wind up removing that. So I, I, I will use it for people, 
but it's always with the caveat that they have to tell me what they're thinking and feeling first. Um, it was a really important period of time in the work and Marilyn was there during that time. Um, but that, that's a bit of the caveat I would, I would give with that, that for me, the work is about empowering somebody else to draw on their own resources and what they know. And, uh, if somebody becomes dependent on your answer, you're not really, that's not really helping unless you're all clear that what you're doing is supporting that other person in finding their answer. They're, they are their source. You are your source, not somebody else. Yeah, I love that. So I, sorry, go ahead. No, please. No, I, I love what you just said because you can render people powerless. So people are like people would be like, Lori, what do you think? I, I used to say, what's the risk say? Tell me what the risk says. And uh, it, it is a way of not, it, I would turn off my conversation with myself, my own feelings and put the power in your wrist and wait for the wrist to tell me what was right or what was wrong or what I should do or what I shouldn't do. Yeah, very not much what I had intended. And I was very... I was, I was very grateful. I was able to see that and identify it quickly. And that the people that I was working with at the time were of a mindset that, that, that wasn't something that, you know, that we were able to communicate about it. But I, I think it's something to be mindful of when you're, when you're working with practitioners is, is that the, the intention really needs to be on supporting you in developing tools that you use and identify not that you need somebody else to use to identify. We all need other people. I don't mean that. We all sometimes need to bounce things off others, but uh, it's imperative that um, you recognize and develop that you are your own source, that you know, you know, and the rest is noise. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk about, um, I'd love for you to try your video again. Let's see if it works. So it is working without your video, unfortunately. It's been really good and clear. Okay. So uh, unable to start time. video because the host has stopped it. So Marilyn, if you want to try it again, we can, or we can leave it this this way. I'm going to make you a co-host. Oh, I can also ask. Or I, think, I, I think it should be able to give you a cue. Let's see if it'll yeah, let me know. There you go. There you go. Uh, we'll try it again. And if it doesn't work, then we'll do it. Cause so I wanted to talk about, you know, we didn't, we skipped past something with you, which I don't normally do. So I want you to share a little bit about your own journey because it really benefits a lot of people, like how you came to this work and then what kind of work you're doing now with people. Sure. Because I really want to get into that. And then I want to talk about the importance of being present. So keep going. Okay. Um, so, huh. Okay. So where it all began, um, uh, the, hmm, okay. Uh, for some reason, this thought is, is having me start here. So I'll start here. I remember, um, I had a very, uh, uh, big depression in uh, high school and, um, things were, were not great, but I remember having the thoughts somewhere deep, deep down inside that the world was a really big place and that my current situation was not my reality in the sense of that there was more to life than what I was experiencing right now. And that, um, and, and that what I needed to do was, was find it. So that seed then later developed into, um, uh, 
a curiosity of why things, why aren't things happening the way that I want them to? Why aren't, why aren't the things that I want occurring? Where, where's the hole here? Why am I stuck? I don't understand. I'm, you know, relatively, uh, you know, intelligent. Um, I'm, I'm capable physically, you know, I have, I have these interests and inclinations and desires. Why isn't this working? And so, um, you know, initially, uh, 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 I moved from Orange County to Los Angeles and, um, met my first, you know, kind of uh, friends who are in the new age and, and got heavily introduced into Louise Hay and metaphysics That's happening because, um, I do have a very, oh, is it, you can cut me off. Yeah. Cut me I off. Did. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so I, um, I really got very heavily into mind-body connection and that mind-body connection really, uh, her work really translated, um, I identified with it, that if I had an illness, that, that there was a um, conversation with my body that I could have on top of seeking medical help if needed, that um, started to develop um, a way of addressing life. And, um, I had a huge pursuit. My, my intention for moving to Los Angeles was an acting career. And if anybody has ever been in any art form as a career, you know, you might as well just, you know, smash your head up against a wall and just keep doing it repeatedly and just going, you know, (laughs) but I want what I want, but I want what I want. Um, and, uh, and it's, and so in that challenge, I, I really had to, I, it really was given the opportunity to try to understand why things weren't happening. And that's been a very long journey, longer than the time we, we have on here. <laughs> um, but, but what happened was, is that through those different iterations, I think one of the big changes was both meeting my husband, who is, um, he is a, an amazing artist. Uh, he thinks differently than anybody I've ever met um, and has no creative blocks. He has other, there's other obstacles in his life, but he does not have creative blocks. And um, so meeting him and then also um, Dana Middleton and I starting to work together and really on a, on a very intense level, a kind of deep diving into why are we not having the, why are we not getting the experience that we want? What, what is the obstacle? And um that, that really led to the work that I wound up starting to do, which Marilyn, again, came in in the very early stages, which was um, I realized I had a very strong ability in um, listening past the words. Mm-hmm. And it was imperative to me in the work that I was doing that spirituality for its sake was not what I wanted. If it was, if what I believed was not going to change my actual life, it was irrelevant. Right. And so that, that leads to a quick evolution of tools because, you know, spirituality as a term is quite vast and broad. So it had to be applicable. It had to support me in changing something an experience, a perspective, a relationship, uh, and move me forward or it, or I was, and, and, it, and I can, I can, I can, I can wax poetic and get extremely esoteric on you. I love that, but I needed it to drop down into earth and actually change my life. 
And so that was really, as the work was developing, um, uh, using the spiritual conversation in what was happening now. You know, where are you stuck? You know, Marilyn, what's going on this week? Where are you finding resistance? Let's work through it. What is it that you want to happen instead? And what is it that you think is in your way? And that became really the key foundation uh, to, to the work that I was doing. You know, um, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, no. Continue. And then I'll share something. I want to share with them something that I remember that you did for me. One of the oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to transition to now. So, so okay. go ahead. So let me just share this because a lot of you are healers or psychics or readers. And I forgot that Lori was with me during that period of time when I was doing a lot of readings, getting really tapped out yeah, and also struggling with some people's opinions of me during the readings. And so my work with her was crucial. It was you and I was working with another healer who's doing hands-on body healing work because I had to get really strong as a reader in order to continue doing the work that I was doing, even though some people were like, not, you know, calling me names or not liking what I was doing, or I was having some bad like um, uh, reviews or things like that happening. And I remember Lori saying to me, you have to realize, and this stuck with me forever. And this changed the way I did readings, changed the way I work, Lori, actually. So I want to suggest you, because I want to talk about the present day and then how people could work with you if you're still doing this work. But she said to me, what you don't realize is that at that time during the readings, people are coming to you and no matter what they get from you, that's what they need to get in the moment. So if they walk out of here hating you, you've now facilitated something for them that they definitely needed. And I believe we did that kind of work because she understood like the integrity I was bringing and what I wanted to do in the work. And she recognized that I was in full integrity there. So if the person was going to walk out of my space and couldn't stand me because of what I said or didn't believe me, that was the experience they had to have. And that released all my responsibility mm. to having to shape the reading or have the person like me or have any of that type of experience. And it's, it's, it's actually shaped. I would say it's something that has stayed with me and I've taught it to people that because it was taught to me. And it's, and I'm saying to all of you guys that are listening, the work that I do with her is what completely shifted how I work with other people. So I wanted to throw that in because I forgot that that was some of what we were doing together. Yeah, that was a big piece. It was, um, uh, I think that's where the role of in converse, when, when one is having a conversation or especially when I was in session with a client, we, we need to release ourselves from judgment in order to have an honest conversation. So we can't bring in our own assessment of whether my, my, my circumstance, my thought or my feeling is good or bad. Okay. In the absence of good or bad, what are you actually feeling right now? What do you actually want right now? And that then also leads to in the situation that you were in, which is, and I think one of the examples I gave you at that time was, is if after a session with you, somebody says they will never go to a psychic again, then that's what they needed to come to. If, if you being the asshole in somebody's life has them facilitates their next step, we have no, we have, we, we can't determine that. And by trying to give somebody what they want, we wind up creating dependency. Yep. And that's not what healing is about. That's not supporting and, and helping somebody. And, and it's a tough thing because a lot of us, you know, uh, depend on our livelihood. 
And, you know, so there's this, there's, there's much to be examined behind that in our own assumptions and expectations. When I get off a call and, you know, if I get off a coaching session and I hadn't resolved with them, they hadn't resolved and they're left in the stasis of discontent. My natural state is to want to fix it. Mm -hmm. I have to unwind that and recognize I am not here to fix you. I'm here to support you in whatever you bring within the time we've allotted. Anything else is not my, I am responsible behaving integrity, meaning like realizing when muscle testing for somebody else may be eliciting a dependency and I can talk to the person about it. But that's, that's where the work is, is realizing it's the same thing in a friendship. A friendship ends, you did something, you feel terrible about it. They won't accept your apology. They go away. We have to understand that that's, we can only do our part, our side of the street, right? I can take control of what I can control, which is I apologize. I try to make amends. If they are not having it, that's none of my business. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that completely. And I think that that's, I'm so glad that we came to this conversation because there's so many people here that are doing, having a business and it's something a lot of them struggle with. And it, it gave me an incredible amount of freedom to show up and be who I am. Like you said, be in the integrity, like you, you do with the muscle test and you're like, hmm, maybe this isn't working. And I came to, um, uh, my own things with readings and stuff like, well, I don't know if I, I want to teach people how to do this for themselves, you know, and you're able to um, get more into your authenticity by having that deep conversation with yourself. So, right. Also, it takes the pressure off of um, it's important that for me, it was important that my client is not my source for income. Totally. My source is my source. Yeah. And that I talked over you because that is so true. Yeah. So your client is not your source for money, right? Your source is your source. So whomever you hold in your high, you know, your higher self, that, that relationship is the one to be developed around money. Not, not looking at a client that, especially as an entrepreneur, especially in this kind of work, it, it interrupts the relationship in a way that will, will, will create a desperation sometimes and a dependency on the client in a way where you won't cut somebody free who you know you shouldn't be working with. You will say yes to something you would otherwise not, and it will compromise you. Now, those are some lessons that have to be learned and they're tough ones, and the line moves. But keeping that at the forefront of your mind as you're creating contracts with people or, or starting to work, I think is critical to maintaining um, a sense of wellness in yourself and in your practice. Yeah, I agree with that. I remember early on starting out with readings and I was like, this can't be about the money because God is my source. And every time you turn, I turned to that, like if a client dried up or I wasn't booked, you know, for a certain amount of weeks when I was booked, usually two weeks in advance in the beginning, um, I'd be like, all right, God, giving it to you, you send me who you need to send me, you know, whatever it is. And it is true. And I, you know, certain people I'd be like, get out of my house and here's your money. I don't want to work with you. Um, and so it's another love- example of conversation with your life right? Yeah. Your money is a conversation with your life. So what's the money saying? Where does it need to go? What do you, what, where, where does the effort need to go? Is it because you need to back off clients because there's an area of your life that needs attention? 
or is it about a restructuring in, in the work? Do you need a pivot? Go deep, go a little deeper into that, Lori, because I agree with that. And I think that that's a really important conversation. So let's talk about the conversation with money and conversation with life and what that means a little bit. Yeah. Deeper. Yeah. Just, just, um, uh, in that, uh, you know, if, if in your practice, you're finding, if, if money is the conversation and you're finding either that money is coming in or money is drying up, there's, there's, that's a great time to go in and check in with yourself about what's coming up. Is it a scarcity issue? Is it a future issue? Is it the uncertainty of being an entrepreneur? What's the trigger for you that, that, that money sends when when it goes one way or, or if money is coming in and it's flowing and, and you're feeling a little um, excited and scared at the same time, are you going to be able to handle it? Will I, will I have enough resources if I grow? Um, Marilyn is smiling. Um, Yeah. So I, I think in there, in that conversation says, okay, maybe I need to take five minutes out and do a little journaling or ask myself a few questions about what feelings are coming up at this time. And, and, and what really could be behind it? Like, have I been feeling that I wanted to introduce a new product? Have I been feeling like I want to move away from clients and start introducing some workshops? Um, uh, have I been feeling like I needed a vacation and I need to start planning for that? And I have money coming in and I need to kind of give myself the permission to start planning that and trust that I'll, I'll have enough money on the other side. Those are the kind of questions that I would ask. It's a, that conversation that your life is having with you is giving you an opportunity to do a conscious examining in short time. This can be minutes. It doesn't have to be like an hour thing, but it, it can also be just a, um, a way of checking in to see what's next for you. So do you find, Lori, because these conversations keep you, it sounds to me like the conversation you're having with your life keeps you in an empowered place in the sense of that you're responsible for your life. So you're responsible for choices, every choice you make. Do you find yourself in constant conversation, not in a way that's dragging you down, but in a way that is allowing you to co-create with the universe through this conversation? And I guess, yeah. So that's my question. Yes. Yes. Um, this is not happening every second of every day, every day. Um, I, I realized that the con- the condensed conversation of, of, uh, in our hour will make it seem that way. So yeah, no, it's, it's very, um, spaced out. This is, this is work that I have integrated into my life. So it's more conversational now it's, um, you know, I have a relationship now where mm, I can tell I need to write today. I've got some feelings, not sure what's going on. It's been a couple of tough days. I'm going to sit down and write a little bit. And through that free writing, I might, I might kind of develop uh, uh, an awareness of something that could be good or could be grief or could be, hmm, I noticed that there was this issue coming up around money and I want to address it. So as far as the co-creation aspect, I feel like more of an engaged participant because in my life. So I feel like I'm more co-creating with my life because I'm actually listening and I'm talking. I'm listening through my intuition and I'm talking through my conscious reasoning. So if I have a situation that's creating fear, I know that intuitively, but I can speak to it consciously and say, okay, I recognize I'm kind of having these feelings. Maybe I'm going to take a minute 
to dive in and just kind of see what's going on and what it is, what do I need right now? What's in my control? Um, and, and through that, I mean, there's a slight difference in, you know, we use the, the term a lot about being present. Um, yes, you are present when you're doing that, but I'm taking it a little step further, I think, in, in that using that present state, I can engage in an active conversation. So it's just a little step further where I would take, you know, yes, we all want to be present. You want to be present in a conversation, but what I'm really saying is to be present to yourself and then engage it in a conversation by a conversation is a broad term for whatever tools you have that allow you to check in with yourself. Yeah. And I agree with that because that helps you to make decisions and choices in the moment based on who you are today, not based on what happened to you five years ago. Right. So exactly. really beneficial. But so Lori, is there anything like that you would love to leave us with? We're in this period right now, we're ending the first quarter of 2021. It's definitely an interesting time with everything that you teach. What would be the most powerful or beneficial thing that someone could do in terms of their dreams and that journey that you discussed early on? Oh, the loudest thing that keeps coming up in my head is go in, Mm. go in and give yourself the time and space that you would in any other relationship. Um, trust, trust is probably the most important, um, development in a relationship. And that includes the one with yourself, with your source and with the people in your life. And if you imagine for a moment, somebody in your life whom you really love and trust, and if you imagine the time the small increments of time and interaction that it took in order to develop that connection, that familiarity and that safety. That's what I mean by going in and developing that relationship with yourself, taking the time and the care and the love that you would in developing a relationship with a family member or friend to have that with yourself, because that's the thing that's going to take you through all the way to the end. I love that. I really love that. Thank you. Perfect answer. It's funny. We've been talking about safety and everything. And it's like, I love the answer. I'm like, you have to feel safe with yourself first before anything else. And I love yeah. that going in and trusting yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for this opportunity to, to share. I, I, um, I'm, I'm really grateful for the chance to both see you, Marilyn, and get to, and get to talk to you again. It's always good to see you and Um, having this conversation is always healing for me, uh, just to revisit what it is that I know and what I believe, uh, and to share that conversation. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. And thank you. There was such a powerful conversation and it reminded, it was healing for me too, because it reminded me, you know, of who I was and where I've come and how that journey has been so incredible and how people like you have really made that journey. So you've come a long way. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful to see. It's, it's such a, it's such a gift. It's such a, it's such a light. So I, I every time I see you and, and see what you've, what you've been able to do for yourself, it's, it just makes me feel really sweet to have been a part of it. Thank you, sweetie. Bye everyone. Thank Bye. you.